Hello and welcome once again to another episode of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm right here. And, of course, the brain, the lovely Emily Merkel. Alright guys, so let's jump right into it. Um, the biggest news coming out of the past weekend, obviously, is the NFC-AFC Conference Championship Games going on in the NFL. And as we predicted a couple weeks ago on the show, we said that due to all these rule changes and the inconsistency with some of the refereeing, it would cost a team a football game. And that's exactly what we saw uh, last Sunday night. And, and honestly, I know looking at it, I know for us... As we were watching this game in preparation for the show, I, I'm still kind of in disbelief, guys, as to how things went down, especially in the NFC title game. Yeah, it's something where they've they've reviewed it and they've gone over it over and over and over again, and completely missed the mark. You know what I mean? I, I think agree. we can all kind of agree on that. Where you completely said, "Wow," you know what I mean? They did a Madden simulation on that Saints Rams pass interference call, and the, even times. and even the referees in the in virtual reality said, "Oh yeah, pass interference." So, yeah. I, it's a tremendous black mark on the league. Roger Goodell has been completely silent with it, which is bad. But I mean, just from your reaction, Mike. I mean, reaction to both games because I know Chiefs fans have a couple calls to gripe about. I think New England fans have. I mean, they won the game, so they're not complaining. But there was a couple calls I think against New England that got called Absolutely. too, where I went, I don't really know if that's the same. So just give me your overall opinion on how these games were officiated and w- did it take something out of it for you? Um, I would say initially it did. However, when you go back, I actually rewatched the NFC game, the AFC yeah. one. It kind of happened how I wanted it. It was hell of a game. I think I have a hot take on the AFC game, but let's stick to NFC for a second. Um, When I I rewatched that game, and when you really take a look at, I think Sean Payton messed up more than anything else. (laughs) Yeah, and I always say every Saints fan right now, fan now hates you. Oh, absolutely, (laughs) and they all will after I say this. Yeah, but let's be honest. So you're under two minutes. Yep. The Rams have one timeout, Mm -hmm. and you have second down. Mm-hmm. Second and eight right. at the ten yard line or the twelve yard line or wherever. What play do you run? Oh, you run the ball. Yeah, you run the ball. Right. He passes the ball. It's incomplete. Right. Now you're third and eight. Right. Okay. One timeout. Rams have. What do you do then? Yeah. You run the ball. Right. But they pass the ball. Right. You, like this whole situation could have been easily avoided if you just run twice. The clock goes down to under a minute, and then you kick the field goal. Rams have no timeouts. Rams have under a minute to go down the field 60 yards and go try to score, get a field goal. goal. I think it's very unlikely it happens if they do just run it and kick the field goal. I'm in agreement with you. I think the point of contention, right, and I understand why you throw the ball, at least on the third down, right, just because you got Drew Brees, right? But to your point, going away from the run and – you know, it's not like they have a bad run game. You know, they got Mark Ingram, you got Alvin Kamara. You have two of the best running backs yeah. in the league, especially duo wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's top two. So I agree with you. Uh, Emma, how do you feel uh, about the the officiating? Did it take something away from these games, knowing that there's kind of a black mark on the Super Bowl now because of how these games were officiated and the results coming out of it? Well, I think in the AFC game with the Patriots yeah. and the Chiefs, I think. Patriots and the Chiefs. Yep. Yes. yes. I was yeah. like, yes. sometimes I say things and I'm like, I swear I'm going to sound like an idiot one day. It's yeah. going to happen, everyone. But anyways, I think that one, I mean, there were kind of bad calls on both sides, but they balanced out. Um, mm-hmm. I think when it comes to the NFC game and you have this call that's made 
right at the yeah, end of the day, there's, there's no, no recovery right. time. Yeah. Or, well, there was no call. Right. The call was to not make the call. Right. And when it completely, like, effectively blew a game for a team, regardless of whether or not they should have ran the ball mm-hmm. or they should have thrown the ball or whatever, like, coaching mistake was mm-hmm. made there yeah. or whatever, the call was still so obvious that you still have to call the call yeah. whether or not. I agree with that. So, like, right. yes, it could have been avoided, but, I mean, I think it definitely... You know, it definitely absolutely. You're, you're absolutely invalidates right. Right. some of the game, and you always have talks about professional sports are rigged and whatnot. And then well, you have weird yeah. crap don't, like that. Don't happening. get ahead of me. You're 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 moving topics around on me. Yeah. I'm the host of the show. Yeah. My goodness, but but, but to I your but to your boss. point, though, but to <laughs> your point, right? Is it, it, this is a, a tremendous detriment to the league, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that they haven't responded publicly and said, "Yeah, we clearly have messed up." But have you ever known Roger Goodell? Does be this does this add more proof? And we've talked about this on previous episodes. Episodes, and even off air where we've kind of said, you know, where sometimes you feel like the NFL is rigged, right? Like you watch a Dallas Cowboy game and you're like, wow, man, they get the benefit every single time. You watch a Green Bay Packer game, they get yeah. a benefit every Relatively single about, time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you just feel it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure New England people who hate New England could probably say the same thing, right? Clearly Lions fans, we would never ever have that grip. But does this kind of add more proof? Does this kind of give something, some, some credence to the fact that you know what? I get it. Because if, if you're the NFL, right, and this is really a thing, and you're trying to skew it one way or the other, what better way to have a team that just moved to Los Angeles, a market you haven't been in in a while, mm-hmm. a young upstart head coach who's revolutionizing the league, right, and going against the stoic, like the model franchise of the NFL, the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest coach of all time, to see that matchup, right, mm-hmm. and, and like you're thinking, okay, that's ratings. Right. Yeah. So for me, as a, for as a fan, especially someone who kind of at times is like, man, that really seems like there's just generally a, just a general push towards one direction or mm-hmm. the other. I think that some fans who have that same mindset, this doesn't help that. No. You know what I mean? And and that blatant missed call is like like is like example exhibit A. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know how Absolutely. you guys feel about well, it. Well, I mean. So one more point to make before yeah. we talk about this. Yeah. I think it's weird that it's not like you remember when the Lions played the Falcons yeah. two years ago? Right, with the ten second runoff. The, the ten second runoff and Euler had no shot. Mm-hmm. I mean and to talk about the AFC too, they went to overtime. Mm-hmm. The Saints won the toss. Right. But just threw an inter- like they threw an interception right. and that was gave the Rams a chance to win. Probably should I have get- had a PI on that interception. Too, Absolutely. But, I'm just but I mean, the Chiefs fans are like, Oh my god, like it's not fair. Overtime's not fair. But at the same time, you just saw the Rams stop the Saints, and then the right. Rams went down to score. I agree. Well, I so think like, we both agree that whoever won that coin toss was probably going to win that game. Cause yeah, the, the AFC game, was absolutely. Stopping anybody. Yeah, nobody was stopping anybody. Absolutely. So I, that was just a point you have to make. Yeah. But um, to go back to what we're going to talk about now is... Um, yeah, well, like, like, do you think, though, like, I, I know you're maybe not as much subscribed to that theory that the NFL is necessarily rigged, right? And I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's like, it's not like wrestling where you know going in who's going to win, who's going to yeah. lose. But uh, do you think that there is some favoritism and that you think that this this call and this missed call really does not help the league's case to showing, yeah, there's not some bias towards one team or another? Because having the Saints win that game, mm-hmm. right, doesn't do anything. It's not a big market. They're not flashy, right? They're just they're, they're the Saints. They I would, I would I mean? say that, but I also would say f- to the majority of people I've talked to, at, right. Least, right, at least before the game, a lot more people want to see the Chiefs win. And it's weird because if I thought a team was going to get rigged to get in, I mm-hmm. thought the Chiefs... 
No, no. See, here's why I would say no to that. The market size for Kansas City, yeah. not very big. And well, two, if you're New, if you have New England, right? Yeah. And New England makes it, and then the Rams beat them. That's bigger than the Rams beating. Oh, the I agree with that. But then people, because people don't realize the big yeah, picture. Like, right. not everyone's thinking about that. Yeah. People go, okay, what was the best game this year? Rams Chiefs. True. Absolutely. And they're like, oh, let's get a repeat. If the Super Bowl can be 54 51 mm-hmm. shootout right. and one of the best games ever, and that's the Super Bowl. That's what people were gonna try to go for. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I was I'm big and like I love Tom Brady. I like the Patriots and stuff. Right. I'd rather have seen them go. Absolutely. But I could see like from the casual just football fan, like, mm-hmm. oh hey, the Super Bowl's on. Who's in it? Right. And they saw Rams Chiefs, and then they saw the 54-51 shootout. It was earlier. Right. I could see that like, people going that way. Yeah, and you got something to add? So people love to hate the Patriots though. So right. anytime oh, you have like, but like, so I think everyone. Like, whenever the Patriots are there, I feel like people want to watch the game to watch the Patriots lose. Oh, absolutely. And so, like, yeah. regardless of whether the Chiefs or the Patriots won, people are still going to want to turn into the Super Bowl, kind of based on what Rob said a little bit earlier, of, like, you got the young, upstart team right. in a new place. You have this dream team that was assembled basically for one year, right? A lot of the guys they signed for one-year deals. Sleeve's going to yeah. be free. You know, I mean, you've got Indominus Sue's going to be a free agent. Dante Fowler's going to be a free mm-hmm. agent. You have a lot of these guys on the Saints team that are on the Rams team that's going to be a free agent. May not be there next year for the Rams. They kind of went all in, right? And they did it a different way than New England normally does. New, New England's always consistent. They've always have a plan, right? So to your point, M, that to watch New England lose, right? It's it's people want to see that. People relish in the fact that yeah. when the when the Patriots lose, yeah. You know I also, I would also, right. I would also attest to that and say if the Patriots don't even make it to the Super Bowl, people will be way happier than oh my god, we get to see the Patriots for the ninth time in right. ten. Or I don't know. Whatever. Everyone loves a villain. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, but that's True. just that's. I think the Ram, I, th- I still think the Rams are heavy villains. I don't know. At least in my opinion, like I I, I don't want to see the Rams win. I'm, well, we're gonna hit that in another episode, probably yeah. a quick hitter episode coming in the next couple days here or so. But uh, that's that's I digress. But yeah. will this? become a catalyst this uh, i'm really focusing heavy on this past interference call like most most of the sports media has been but it, it both ways both games right there's some calls that could have gone either way is this a catalyst for the nfl to either make more rule changes right especially over time we're giving everybody a chance no matter whether they score or not whether it's um you know making pass interferences being able to be reviewed having a challenge after two minutes yeah. right certain things like that because those are the things that if if that could have gotten reviewed mm-hmm. right it's clearly a pass interference yeah. they would have had it if it's so immediate where everybody went, oh my gosh, they totally messed that up, and it's a it's an instant reaction. Yeah. I think that immediately after that, you go, okay, then we can fix it, yeah. and and everything. You know what I mean? Everyone goes, oh my gosh, you missed it, but you have the opportunity to to you know what I mean to really fix I think, the problem. I think the only problem is, and this is we always bring the lines into yeah, conversation, but so when they played Dallas that year and they threw the challenge and it picked it up, right, or whatever, mm-hmm. I think. The reason that this one is so much harder to make a rule change is the problem was it wasn't called. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to try to instigate a rule right, that right. like mm-hmm. now you can look at any penalty right. that's not called and you know every single play There's a penalty. has a penalty. Right. I so agree. like I don't yeah, know that, what that is, would, that's would tough. you that's would you just go tough. for pass interference because I could see like in the if it was a pass interference 
but it did, it wasn't really a pass interference, mm-hmm. but they call pass interference, then it's like, oh, we could just make the rule change, right. and if you can challenge yeah, the pass interference. Yeah, because it was a no-call, But right. since it was a no-call, now it's like, oh, he, he was holding him on the other side of the field, let's challenge that play. Right. And it's, I it think, yeah, I think there you know definitely I mean? has to be some parameters. I don't know, you're right, Yeah, that's something I didn't think about. That It's extremely difficult, right? Yeah. Which is why I always like to err, especially like on turnovers and stuff, right? I love to err on the side of, okay, you called it a turnover right Mm -hmm. then it's at least then it's reviewable for then for me to go you know what no he dropped it he didn't catch it it's not an interception or no he didn't fumble whatever the case is right i'd rather them call it and then reverse it rather than not call it and then there's nothing because now now you're pigeonholed right but and especially in those kind of situations where the guy literally goes in and blasts a guy that those are the kind of situations where you go Oh, like that's it's just bad. Em, do you yeah. think that that's going to be a catalyst for some rule changes, or are you thinking kind of similar to Mike? How would you do it? It's going to be really difficult to implement some of those problems. Mm-hmm. It would definitely be difficult mm-hmm. to implement a fix, mm-hmm. and no matter how many new rules you create, and no matter how many times you try to like fix things, there's always going to be things that are missed. There's Absolutely. people making decisions, and they're making them on the fly, yeah. like, as things are happening, and there's always... So, unless you somehow put wearable technology on every player that interacts with each other, and you have a computer making decisions, of course, yeah. there's always going to be, there's like... There's going to be some human error. Right. There's going to be bias and human error. So, I think it might be... I mean, it's... A, a, I don't know if maybe they're waiting to say anything about it until the Super Bowl's over, no, or if they're just yeah. never going to say anything about it. Well, if the Patriots it. win, then it gets swept under the rug, right? Because if the Patriots win, okay. then that call in the NFC title game goes missed completely, right? I think worst Tem- case scenario is if the Rams just blow out the Patriots. Oh, that would suck so Because bad. then you're like, well, oh, the Saints could have won that game. Yeah, and, don't, don't say and that. And then everything just kind of... That would be a small disaster. That's that would, true. That would yeah. suck. Okay, let's shift now. We're going to shift away from the NFL. And good news for you Red Wings fans. We're talking Red Wings. Maybe not so good news. We don't have the nicest things to say because, let's be real, folks, the Red Wings are a disaster. Okay, an outright disaster. And we're talking about the Wings. They're hitting the All-Star break here in a minute. They're 4-6 and six in their last 10. They're 5-whatever and whatever in the last 20, it feels like. Uh, you're second to last in the division. You're fourth to last in the conference. You're not even anywhere near a wild-card berth right now. Uh, I mean, what the heck is the issue? And I'm going to start with you. I mean, because I have some pretty strong thoughts on this. I know Mike has some pretty strong thoughts. What What's the biggest issue for the Red Wings right now? Because there's a ton. So throw a dart at the dartboard, and I'm guessing you're going to hit a major problem. I mean, as a slightly less than casual hockey, hockey fan, fan? Yeah. I think we kind of have an unusual issue with the Wings right now. Maybe not unusual for hockey, but they have a young team. Right. Um that, you know, they're trying to hone, they're trying to build, maybe not doing the best job. And then we have some older, more expensive players on the card, or at uh, least on, on the cap, cap, salary cap, that were not playing. Right. Because Zetterberg's not playing anymore. Right. Um, I think there's one Fran- or two. Yeah, Franzen's not. And they're still paying off Stephen Weiss's contract as well. Oh, I forgot about that one too. Yeah. yeah. So they have, they're, they have, they don't have a lot of experience. No. They have not. a young team. And they're paying for experience that isn't on the ice. Correct. And so you create a salary cap problem and just like a, a youth absolutely. problem. Absolutely. An inexperienced and, and You're problem. absolutely right. And that's a, that's a huge issue, right? And that's the fact that you're, I mean, the Zetterberg thing, it's kind of, you're kind of in a tough spot because he retired, right? The Franzen yeah. thing, you decided to extend Franzen instead of Hosa. That's been beaten to death, right? But like the, the signing of these guys like Stephen Weiss, who played for you for a year, was useless. And now you had to buy out his contract just to get him off the team. And you're young, but you're, you're not developing. And 
obviously there's bright spots. Larkin's played well. Athanasiu's played well. You have pieces there that are, are bright spots for this team. But as a whole, you look terrible. You can't stop anybody. You're you're 25th against goals against. You're 25th in scoring, so you can't score, but you can't stop anybody from scoring on you. It's absolutely ridiculous. You got an albatross of a contract like Jimmy Howard, uh, you know, and he somehow made the All-Star game? Are you kidding me? It's absolutely ridiculous. Mike, same question. What the hell's the issue? Because I'm frustrated because in – I'm not one of those people who lived and died by the streak, you know, the yeah. NFL, the, 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 not the NFL, the NHL playoff streak that the Wings had for so long. But my goodness, if you're going to tear it down, tear it down. And yeah. let's be done with it. Let's suck and let's just embrace the suck just yeah, so we can get it. back into it, right? But yeah, I, I don't that. think they're trying to do that. No, they're in a weird situation where they kind of want to, like, they don't want to, like, commit to yeah, the full rebuild. But, right, like, they don't, they don't like, it's yeah. weird. Like, they're like, I think we might have enough pieces to win. But then, like, you lose, like, ten in a row, and then you're like, we probably don't, don't have, have the pieces. Right, and, and Holland, even, Holland even said, well, winning a Stanley, if you expect a Stanley Cup every year, you're crazy. <laughs> it's not expecting a Stanley Cup. It's expecting to be competent out on the ice. I mean, you're the fourth, rest, <laughs> fourth worst record in the conference. I mean, yeah. you're terrible. You're not. It's not like you're going out there and you've got a whole – It's like, you might as well have 12-year-olds out there because it's it's about as productive. I'm going to be honest I with mean, you. Yeah, I mean, wrong. so and, and to segue to that, right – I mean, who's to blame, right? And, and there's two major people, right? Yeah. Obviously, the players need to play, obviously. Yeah. But is it is it Ken Holland or is it Jeff Blaschel? I mean, because there's both of those pieces where you go there. I think there's blame to go to both. Yeah. I, I mean, I, don't I mean, know. I give. I wouldn't maybe not even equal blame. I don't. No. I don't have a percentage of blame for each side. Right. But so the GM's job is to get players, or no, it's to um get the contracts. Right. So, like, you know... Assemble the team. Yeah, assemble the team, basically. And then you have the coach who's supposed to be coaching the team. Mm-hmm. I think um, Blaschel does a terrible job at coaching, like, developing these players mm-hmm. up. But I also think that uh, Holland is bad at um, getting these contracts. Like, right. you're paying Jimmy Howard... A tons of money. Yeah. He's like one of the worst goalies. Like he's got, around. he's got like, like five million dollars a year, which in hockey terms is a lot. It's not like yeah. the NFL. It's not like the NBA where these contracts are ginormous, right? There's a, it's a very small cap in pro leagues, right? Mm-hmm. They're not paid a ton. So when you sign a guy for five years, thirty million dollars, that's a huge contract yeah. in hockey terms. Just yeah. so, ever, just so everyone kind of gets some context. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's um, a big problem. I think I, I mean, I guess I'll blame more Blashill if we're gonna blame somebody mm-hmm. because I just think that. He's not developing like someone like Larkin, who could be a star, right. and he's just kind of like. And you see him, and there, he's leading the and, he's leading our team in goals and stuff like that. But he's not right. You're not seeing, we're not seeing that development outside of him, yeah. right? And you're not seeing this where it's like, oh man, we got all these great guys, and they're so good in Grand Rapids, and they come up here, and we look like they don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. And same question: it's Is it Holland rough. or is it Blashel? Which one's to blame? Mike's saying Blashel because. Uh, you know, he knows that they're up against the salary cap, but, I mean, to be devil's advocate here, don't you think that Blasio would point the finger at Holland and go, yeah, but you put me in the situation. I had to inherit this team that's broken, and i got to put together a competent hockey team and go out there and compete every night. I don't know. To go back to our, our last episode, talking about a similar issue, kind of like mm-hmm. with NFL teams, we got the, the coach and the, and the and GM. The, and right. the GM. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I say get, get Kenny out of there. Tell, right. Kenny, tell, tell Kenny sayonara. Get him out. <laughs> tell him goodbye. Um, I, just, I think that if you mismanage a team, uh, you put a coach in a really difficult position, and I think we often put a lot of extra blame on coaches mm-hmm. um, just compared to, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the like they're working with what they got. And so right. while I think that Blash definitely has a responsibility to do more, do better, train these guys better, I mean, right. 
your cap is just like as a finance person, it's uber screwed up. You right. have assets on your books that you're not getting any return on for so. years, for years on end too. I mean, we haven't seen Johan Frozen skate on the ice for several years, and and not due to any fault of his own. Let's be clear here. I mean, he's got concussion problems. He's got concussion problems. But the point being is that you sign a guy for this long term extension, and you got very little in that return. So I guess my my next question to show some optimism, I guess, into this right is what do they need to fix because. In my opinion, there's a couple things. Number one, you need to figure out a way to get Jimmy Howard off your books, right? Yeah. Even if that means you take a bit of that salary back and you're paying some of it, if you can get him off your books, Zetterberg comes off in a, in a couple. I think Franz, and this is his last year where he's getting paid. Mm-hmm. You're still paying Stephen Weiss 1.6 million next year, basically to not play for you. That's what. That's how you set that up. Nice going. You know what I mean? So I don't think Zetterberg is very long on the books anymore. And so you're you're kind of in a situation. To where you're you're stuck because you're paying some of these guys, and you've even signed some guys too, where you're like, what what are we doing? So yeah. it, it, that are still going to be on the team. Even I think that you you've run this team, this hockey team, like you could back when they were winning, where there was no cap, and you were able to sign these guys team friendly deals just to go win a championship, and then they go and they sign they go sign elsewhere, but. Now you're in a situation where if you're not building, you're dying. It's it's that simple. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, I mean, and we'll go back to you. What do you what do you think they need to do to get back on track? Um, I don't like I said. I think get yeah, rid well, of Ken Holland. Right. Maybe bring in some old old Detroit talent. Maybe get like a, a Stevo yeah, up in the building. Right. Yeah. Some Stevie Y up. action. Get, right. Get some to to take over. Right. Because he's mean, built a team. Right, he built a team in Tampa to, yeah. that's been competitive. Who, as we should all recognize, because his team kicked us out of the playoffs for three straight years. So <laughs> you should that. you should know that, right? <laughs> so I, you know, I agree with you. I think you'd like, I th- and I think having Steve, this is like just like a, a marketing kind of thing, but having Steve yeah. back in Detroit, absolutely, I think it really like you rally the fans, you rally confidence, you get people like I think right now you have the original, you have the captain coming back, basically is what you have. It, it, you it, have, you have, you know, I mean, it's Gordy Howe, Steve Eisman, Sederberg, though, and you know, Lidstrom, I guess to a certain extent. But those are your, those are the three people that you synonymously think when you think Detroit Red Wings, you think those guys. So mm-hmm. to have Eisman come back in a position to really make change for this team. I think would be huge, and I think it would revolutionize and it would update the way we do things as far as we as how we scout, how we draft, how we sign free agents, how we structure contracts, everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you know, you look at Tampa Bay; they've had success. They've gone on to Stanley Cup Finals and everything. They've they've signed smart contracts. They've paid their big names, and they've they've found pieces in the rotation to be competitive. Mike, same question to you: What do they need to do to get back on track? Is hiring Steve Eisenman going to be the number one priority for them coming this? I mean, this I think season? I think that's a top priority. Mm-hmm. I think um, somehow get rid of Howard's contract. Yeah, like any like honestly, to, at this point. And we'll talk basketball yeah. down the line here today, but you just have to get rid of some of these bad contracts that mm-hmm. they have and try to just like right. Even if it's not develop. necessarily to spend it right away, it's yeah. to, it's no. to it's to have the money available exactly to go get that guy that puts you over the top. Yeah, you well, I think this it's gonna take. I think we talked about it in our first episode. It's gonna right. take a couple years to rebuild this back up mm-hmm. because if you can get rid of his contract and you get rid of a couple other guys' contracts, and then you do get uh, Stevo to come back as your GM, mm-hmm. then if Blashall can start start developing these players mm-hmm. to become better and incorporate, and then you can get you know a better 
goalie, say, or get right. a better, you know, just upgrade with the money that you'll have in Absolutely. a couple of years, yep. then I think that's when you can start seeing this Red Wings team take off. Yeah, but it, and be back to yeah, where you're so used to. So I think be. that's what you just need to get these guys off the books. Hopefully this year you can, right. if not at, at the least right. in the and, and I give And I give Holland credit. I mean, he has built championship teams. We have won several standing cups under his regime. So it's not just burying him, but yeah. I think it's time to kind of segue into the new era of Detroit Red Wing hockey. And I think if Larkin you think is the guy, then that's fine. But you need to have other pieces around him. You yeah. need to have some veteran guys that are really going to contribute in a way you oh. hope to. Um, I, I, I like the draft they have with Zadina coming in. I know he's been playing pretty well um, in the minors. But I, I, I agree with both of you guys. Clearly, there needs to be a complete overhaul in the way we do things and kind of transition to the new way of the NHL. Um, that's going to be it for the first part of this episode. Uh, we'll probably be here in a commercial really to plug in all of the social medias and all that good stuff. So we will be right back with part two. Hey guys, it's your favorite member of the I'm Always Right team, Emily the Brain, coming to remind you uh, to check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter. You can find us all at I'm Always Right, or our handle is I'm Always Right PC on all of the social media platforms. Hey guys, this is Rob also reminding you that we are now on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music and YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube and to look us up by typing in I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. That's the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, and now YouTube. Be sure to like, subscribe. Thank you for all the support. Now here's part two of this week's episode. Okay, and we're back for part two of this week's episode. Now, we're going to go right in. We're going to shift from the Detroit Red Wings to the Detroit Tigers. And once again, I wish that we had more positive things to say about this drowning franchise. But here we go. Um, The Tigers basically came out and said, you know, a couple days ago that basically GM Alavila said they're not going to be spending any money in free agency. True big money, right, in some of these top guys until probably 2021, 2022. Um, which I think I, I give him credit a little bit for saying for being honest about it, I guess. But at the same time, as a fan, I was pretty flabbergasted to say, okay, yeah, we're still not going to be there this year, which we kind of know we're not going to be there next year, mm-hmm. but maybe a year from that. So 2021 <laughs> at the earliest is when you think you're going to be ready to even start competing again, where you're not going to go out there and just put out a whole bunch of guys that people can't even name anymore. That that's a rough go. Um, I'm going to start with you as a fan, basically in the leadership and the and the guy who's, you know, leading this franchise really, and be able to go, yeah, we're not we're not going to compete. We're going to be terrible. We're not going to be very good for the next several years, basically. I mean, as a fan, how do you respond to that? If nothing else, we're not the biggest Tigers fans here on the show, but we will support them enough to know that it's absolutely inexplicable to think, oh well, uh, they came out and said we're going to suck for three years. Mm-hmm. Well, they kind of have sucked the past couple years, so if you're, you're right. running on a really long streak there, that's, what <laughs> well, that's the point, though, right? Is that you've already been you've already been terrible for the past two seasons, and now you still think you've got three more years after that, where you before you can even start becoming competitive again? I admire honesty. I do. Um, I think it's kind of an odd statement. Oh, like, Lord. yeah, you know, we just all need a little like R and R, some rest. 
we're not really gonna try for the next like season don't count the one after that either it's very like okay well then why am i buying tickets to go see your games why am i buying your merch why am i supporting your team why am i tweeting about stuff like why why am i take if you're not putting the effort in unless they have i didn't watch the whole i didn't really i don't really know the whole thing but like I don't know if they have a very good reason for why they're not. Well, um, like, I mean, I, here's the deal. I, they're doing a full rebuild. And, and, Mike, before we kind of shift to that, though, I mean, do you, as a fan, what do you say? You know, I, Em's pretty heated about it. So, clearly, what what do you, I mean, are you the same way? Because I, I was pretty annoyed by that. Con- yeah. I understood it. But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, really? Three more years, huh? Yeah. I think this is going to get into our next topic a little bit. Yeah. But I actually think, as, like, as just a general Tigers fan. Right. It's it's very bad for like Tiger like if like the Lions or the Pistons or something like hey we're gonna take five years off to try to rebuild we all just like what are you doing yeah but I think for a long term this gives you time actually and you're telling everybody hey we're gonna suck probably right and you're like it's not like you have false hopes like we're gonna try to be good but we're not gonna be good you're telling everybody hey we're probably gonna win like fifty games yeah and by saying that you have you're giving you're gonna give your young prospects time to go into the minors and develop. And you can also, you know, get these contracts out that you're probably still paying off mm-hmm. from getting rid of, like, JD and all this stuff mm-hmm. that you just got rid of last year or the year before that. And long term, I think this is actually probably the best thing the Tigers could do. But right now, like, going into the season, the next season, you're like, oh, right. no one's going to watch Tigers right. baseball. I mean, and to, and to your point, right, contrary to what the Red Wings are doing, right, they're, they're committing fully to the rebuild. So I do give them credit. And I think going to our next topic where we basically, I mean, do we agree with, with the rebuild process? I, I think as a whole, yes, right? It's just very alarming to hear your general manager say, yeah, we're not going to be able to compete for three years. But to your point, if you're able to really tear it down, you got you draft, you know, you had the first overall pick, you drafted Casey Mize out of Auburn. You know, you've already invited him to spring training. He's he's a guy that to be on the lookout for. You have some other uh, Alex Fiedo who you drafted the year before that. You know, he's he's somebody to look be on the lookout for. You have talent in the minors, right? It's the first time our minor league system has been where it's been, you know, in a long time. So you're you're kind of in a situation where I agree with the fact that they want to rebuild. I agree with the fact that they want to come in and say, you know, we're going to build this thing up the right way. We're going to build a consistent winner. We're not going to be average. If we're going to do it and we're going to invest in people, we're going to go all the way. We're going to go try to win. Yeah. Right? So I can appreciate that. I, I, I mean, but I mean... I agree with the full rebuild. It's just really hard for somebody to tell me, yeah, like if you, like if, if Bob Quinn came out tomorrow and said, yeah, we're going to take five years to rebuild this yeah, thing, exactly. I'd you, be furious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But obviously they're in different they're in different situations, right? So I know Mike, you're kind of on the you're kind of on the side of doing this full rebuild. Oh, I, I think if you're going to do a rebuild, just go just do it, just do it. Right? Like I don't like 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 Pistons right now. Yeah. They kind of need a rebuild, but they're like we might have the pieces to win. Right. If you don't think you can win, you're then not going to. You're not going to. Absolutely. You have to great call. Believe in it. And if you don't believe in it, then I think you should just kind of scrap the whole thing. Absolutely. And same question, right? Do you I mean are you are you in support of this rebuild or do you think that uh, what are you doing? No, you have some pieces here. Because you do, you got Miggy, right? You got that's about it, because they're gonna trade Castellanos, I'm sure, pretty quickly here. So I I mean what (laughs) It seems like unusual timing that they're like, Oh yeah, we're gonna take the next two years to rebuild, but it's kinda like, okay, well, have you been doing this for the past two years too? Like, well, and, where, oh, I think the problem is twofold, right? Is, but I, I support taking the time to build a team right, from the, the ground right, right. up and make it better and do the right thing. But it's just, it all seems like odd. Well, baseball timing. is very, baseball is very cyclical, right? It's either you're going up 
or you're going down. There's no there's no in between, right? You're not you you're, there's no average baseball teams. It's either you're on your way, you're trying to build towards a World Series or you're not or you're past that, right? Yeah. The Tigers are clearly past that. They had their chance. And I think the problem is and what the why this rebuild's going to take a little bit longer is the last year where Illich, you know, uh Mr. Lynch was still alive and was running the team and he kind of gave Avila the opportunity to say, "No, no, try and win one more time." They went and signed um uh, young, they went and signed uh, Zimmerman to these big contracts, right? They signed mm-hmm. Upton. They went and got these guys who, and you paid these big money to. But then you also paid guys like Victor Martinez a whole bunch of money. Who finally he's off the books. You paid Miggy a ginormous contract. You've paid. You had guys that you paid that are now either old or are not playing for you anymore and are not the same guy. So you you kind of hurt yourself by trying to still get that last little bit out of this team that you could, and then you realized, well, yeah, Scherzer, Verlander, and David Price all on the same team, and, you know what I mean, and you still couldn't win. Mm-hmm. So I think doing this now, I think you set yourself back when you made those moves a couple of years ago, even though you got rid of some of those contracts, but, I mean, that, that Mickey contract alone is an albatross. Oh, my and, God. And, you know what I mean? It's it's terrible. I, don't get me wrong, he's done, he's done a lot, but holy crap. Okay. Bottom line, yes or no answer. You are you going to watch this team at all this year? Besides for research for the show, I mean, are you going to watch out of pure enjoyment? I mean, I'll be I'll be the first to say, yeah, I don't watch much baseball for pure enjoyment. <laughs> like I'm just going to say yeah, it straight right. up. Like I yeah. I watch playoffs all the time. Like uh-huh. I watch every single playoff game. Right. But like through the regular, especially baseball's hard because 162 games. Yeah. That's why I have like it's sometimes tough. I have problems with the NBA. Oh yeah. And like. You watch one game and they lose, but you're like, you have like 80 more games left. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know, right? Like baseball, it's like you still have a, over a hundred games to play. Right. They can so lose ten in a row and be like, oh, well, that's yeah, fine. you still got 150 <laughs> left. Like it's just kind of like the regular season to me until it hits near like yep. you know like August September doesn't really matter yes. that much. I agree. I agree. Like you can lose a game or two, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like you lost a few. That's um, cool. Emma, are you gonna watch this team so, at all? No. Besides any games that we're forced um, to go to due to a work function. Yeah, good work function. Uh, um, if you tell me, honey, I really want to watch the Tigers today, I'm going to look at you and go, first of all, are you drunk? Yeah. Second of all, uh, I mean, okay. Um, but I don't think I will ever sit down on my comfortable bed in my not room until we and do pop something on, right. the, and, pop and, on yeah. the Tigers. And Tigers fans, we're not trying to ignore the Tigers. Same thing with the Red Wings fans. We're not trying to ignore them, but there's just so little to talk about yeah. right now. They're, they haven't made any big splashes. There hasn't been anything going on in baseball, which is a topic we'll probably hit on a future episode. But let's shift now from Tigers to another team... <laughs> It seems like a really negative episode today. I don't know what it is about it. But we're going to talk about the Detroit Pistons. Now, obviously, coming out of the... Uh, going right into the All-Star game here pretty quickly. They're 24th in the league in attendance, okay? Uh, it's... It, you'd think that because, you know, you got a new stadium, you know, Little Caesars Arena is a fantastic oh place to be. I mean, there's not a bad seat in the house, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been there a few times. We went there earlier this year for a Pistons game. Um, it, I mean, and they're technically... In the running, they're only a spot away. They're only like two games behind Charlotte right now to get into the playoffs right now as the eighth seed to go get buzzsawed by the Raptors and the Celtics. But point being, should we care more about this basketball team? Because clearly Detroit does not, right? Clearly nobody does. But should we care more about them? Because they're not as bad as the Wings. They're not as bad as the Tigers are going to be. They're technically at least somewhat competitive. They're in the hunt. But yet, no one really cares. Why, Mike? I think no one 
cares that much because they know, well as to your point yeah. they know if they get in they're just getting swept probably in right. the first round by either the Raptors Bucks mm-hmm. or Celtics or someone of that sort right um so I don't have much to care about too much like when I I think they're the most like generic basketball team out there like every team <laughs> they're so plain they're like yeah. stale crackers yeah they're it's like every Aww. team it's like watching like the Cincinnati Bengals play football <laughs> That's such a great reaction. That's like, a great comparison. It's just like, you just kind of watch them. <laughs> yeah, poor like, ownership, right? Mm-hmm. You got a coach who you thought was going to be able to do something, who's not doing anything, and you have, quote-unquote, star players on the team. Yeah. You know, Drummond is your A.J. Green, Blake Griffin is your whoever. And, yeah, you know, is your Andy Dalton. Is your Andy Dalton, and yet no one cares. Yeah, is, it's comparison. just kind of like, you, you, like, watch them, and if I, like, wasn't from, like, Detroit. Michigan mm-hmm. or, like, Detroit, like, I, I would never watch the Pistons game. Right. I would watch wherever I'm like whatever like I'd watch almost any other team to be honest with you because right. you can go down the list and you can say every single team has some kind of interesting aspect to it mm-hmm. except the Pistons. It's a rough to, like in my well, opinion. you know that's crazy too, right? And and it's, like I said, and that's kind so. of a reason why nobody cares, right? Is they're just so vanilla. Yeah. And what what you know, doing some of the research for the show, and you see a team like Chicago, right? The Chicago Bulls are like top three in attendance. They are a terrible basketball They're team. They're a terrible team. They are terrible. Well, there is nothing you're positive addressing a Detroit about sports that team. issue, though. Right, maybe I am. That's Detroit, true. we just, we're a little gritty over here. We're a little grumpy. It's just kind of our vibe. Yeah. Like, it's, I think the last time I saw some people actively wearing Pistons jerseys was like oh. when Chauncey Billups was still like oh, playing. The there you go. That's a name. Like, yeah. I, like the last time I like remember, I think I was in like yeah. elementary school. And Probably. that's the last time I remember like anyone ever like wearing Pistons attire. Right. And, and I think you are in a, in a spot right now with Detroit sports as a whole rings, tigers, Pistons. We literally just and spent even 50 the Lions, minutes roasting right? them. Yeah. Well, that's, the, and that's the sad part, right? Is that the <laughs> fact that oh, and we kind of were roasting Lions too, because they're not playing this Sunday. So you kind of know, or next Sunday, I should say, because so the point being you're in a spot right now where Detroit sports are at a pretty big, low right every every year for it seemed like Detroit sports at least had one team the wings for so long where no matter what we still got the wings right yeah. and then the Tigers kind of made thing okay we got the Tigers too the Pistons were winning we won a championship you know almost now a decade and a half ago wow um where you go wow you know what I mean so like we had the Pistons for a while six straight Eastern Conference finals three you know two championship runs yeah. and everything else and then you kind of had the Lions but now it's the complete opposite the Lions are the closest team to winning a championship in Detroit Right, as the state of the franchise Ouch. is right now, which is not a good thing, folks. Let's be clear here. I mean, I, I mean, I'm a diehard Lions fan, but I can call a spade a spade when I say that's not good. You, you know no, what I mean? So, I mean, it's one of those things where, like you said, it is a Detroit sports problem, and it's something where you go, okay, clearly there's an issue here. But I mean, they got Blake Griffin. You thought, okay, we got a superstar, and it kind of peaked attendance for a second there. Do you think that? Do you think of that if they want to come in and let's just call our shot right now, Mike? I'm going to start with you. Do you think they make the playoffs? And if so, do you think that makes this team? You know, do you think that they're an interesting team going into the playoffs, or do you think that if they say they get the eighth seed, they're just going to go and Kawhi's going to have his way with them? I'm going to say they don't make it. Oh, boy, I can't. I can't throw. see. The only, I mean, Ooh. I just can't see how they get in right now. Well, I mean, Indiana might drop off because Oladipo's but, out. The, they're not even the team below Charlotte anymore. They're not anymore? The Wizards wow. are above them oh, right now. Oh, good lord. And, ah, the Wizards. And the Magic are only one game away from the Pistons. Right. So, like, 
I just don't see if even if the Pacers start dropping off, I think the Pacers without Oladipo are better than the Pistons. Damn. And I think they can still squeak into like a low seed. Yeah. I mean, they are like 11 games above us right now. <laughs> so like, right. it has to be an 11 game swing in the next 30 games. You think Charlotte's that much better than the Pistons too? I mean, I don't think they're much better, but I yeah, think they're better. They're better overall. Yeah, yeah. It's like Mario Kart. When you're in a race and you get stuck in the clump of people. Right, and then there's, there's the just, one guy out there. There's like the three or four, like, there's yeah. like one guy, the one guy, one guy, and then there's just like a horde of people and they're all so like, like chucking stuff at So like when Rob plays in. us, he's like a lap ahead of us. <laughs> I'm better at Mario Kart than you. I'm just putting that out well, there. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Like, yeah, you are. Right, that's, yeah, not, right. that's not a sports league. But it's, it's wow. like that thing is they're all just going to like... Sh- like shoulder each other around, yeah. and they're all gonna end up right. in the same spot. So you're gonna say no if they're not making. I'm gonna this say issue? no. Probably. Jesus, I mean, it's gonna be unless they do something down to stretch the presses. Yeah, maybe, that, there's some talks of them maybe trying to trade Drummond. We'll hit on that if they they're over halfway through the season. They only have 21 wins, so if they double, Milwaukee's almost at 42 already, Jesus, and like some of these teams are already at yeah, they can't. They, they gotta have at least 50 wins, I think, to get in. But Adam, call your yeah, shot. They make 40s. the playoffs this year. No. <laughs> All right, well, that's pretty definitive. I'm going to go, you know what, I'm going to say, oh, jeez, do I say yes and that they squeak in? And you're right. You know what, fine, I'm going to go, I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to differ from these guys, just like I did with my Royal Rumble pick on last week's episode, which you haven't heard. Make sure you listen to, um, because we had some good insight on there. But uh, I'm going to say yes, they somehow squeak in. I feel like... it. It's one of those things. I feel like they're going to do something stupid and they're going to make a trade that's going to maybe suffice the fan base for like a year and then it's going to be a total cluster. Yeah, realistically, we're going to go get Mike Conley and his contract's (laughs) going to... We're not going to be able to get a single other player. I know. It's going to be so bad. All right. Well, eh, good luck, Pistons, I guess. I don't... eh, Rough I think they're going to trade away everything. They like, should. Uh, I really like, wish they I've could. I've heard talks that they're going to trade away like Bullock and Ish yeah. for a first in, in New Orleans. If that happens, they're That'd out be, the window. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's I've heard like, I've heard stuff where they're talking to the Charlotte Hornets about trading Drummond too yeah. to get maybe Batum, which would be just as bad a contract. Or they exactly. have that young guy too that they have another big dude. But anyway, we'll hit on more of that if it happens. So stay tuned for that. Okay, let's shift to the final topic of the day. I want to remind everybody once again: if you didn't hear the commercial, you're skipping around on our YouTube channel. That uh, we're on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes, as well as all other streaming services. So if you haven't subscribed already, you should. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, now is the time to do it. All right, let's now that I got some business out of the way, let's hit our final topic of the day. We're talking, we're talking wrestling. We're hitting all five major sports that we cover on this show today. So we're getting a complete show from us this week, guys. Uh, Ronda Rousey, there's a report out there, some rumors that she could possibly be leaving the WWE after WrestleMania this year to start a family. You know, she's recently married a couple years ago. You know, she's kind of, you know, it's kind of time for that. You know, as you're gonna go, but. If the rumors are true and she does actually leave, um, you know, Em, I'll start with you. Are you shocked at all? Are you? I mean, is that something where you're like, wow, she just kind of? I mean, she's hot right now. She's put, she's performed well, right? She's really been a key piece of the division and for the WWE as a whole. Are you shocked by by her leaving possibly? Yeah, you know, I kind of wanted to not like her, mm-hmm. and then I kind of liked her. Well, so I, like, I was I like, think, I think she came in and she. She performed well, and I think that's the biggest thing yeah. is that she doesn't look like she's out of place in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think I mean I liked her. I mean, I, I think I think honestly, just the nature of wrestling, it's hard for women who do want to have children to have really long, prolific careers in mm-hmm. wrestling, just because of how demanding the physicality of the sport is. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, her husband's an MMA fighter, and mm-hmm. so they're both like on the road, moving around. So I like, am I shocked that maybe? 
I feel like the UFC thing, the mm-hmm. MMA thing, kind of right. was a rough spell for her. So it's almost like I feel like she needed Made to prove to herself. Made a lot of money. Yes, Don't but I feel her. like she needed to like prove herself that like she yeah. could do something and she could do it well. Right. Maybe she's just in the place where she needs to have kids. I guess I'm not shocked, but I'm kind of bummed if she does. Right. Because I've enjoyed her presence. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, Mike, same question, right? Are you kind of surprised? Are you shocked by the fact that she might be leaving? I mean, I'm not shocked. I mean, if, like. Well, so let's just kind of segue yeah, right into the next one, right? Is it a bad loss for WWE, right? Because, like oh, Adam said, right? Yeah. She's a fan, so she's bummed out about it. So, as, as a fan, right? And as a fan base, yeah. she's clearly, she's a, one of their top merch sellers. She gets a ginormous reaction every time she goes out there. Me and Emma were at Raw a few weeks ago when it was in Detroit, and she got a huge reaction, mm-hmm. you know, coming out there. She was awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, is that a big loss for the WWE? I mean, could I say that WWE could live without her? Yes. However, they can live without anybody. It's the the machine. Yeah, but like, (laughs) would they absolutely miss her? Yes. Also, though, like as you said, they bring in. She brings in so much merch. Everyone just absolutely. It's an outside source too. It's bringing people that maybe don't watch WWE like as a fan, and they go these media outlets. Wow, wow, Ronda Rousey is really killing it over there. Yeah, she's a two sport, maybe Mm. even three sport, really athlete. You know what I mean? With the you know with the Olympics and everything. So I think you're I think you're right, right? I think that they could survive, but I do think that's a huge. That's a huge blow to the WWE for the a multitude division. of reasons and the women's yeah. division, which kind of leads me to our final point of the episode is you have guys and women, right, like Ronda, you have people like Brock Lesnar, you've got guys even similarly, even to people like, let's say, The Undertaker, right, if we're really getting back there, and Triple H and stuff like that, where you have these guys who you somehow, you somewhat rely upon at times mm-hmm. to kind of pop a rating. Okay, yeah. or to pop a number, or to get people invested, right? I think that in the past, WWE had done a fantastic job of always getting the next guy ready, right? Like when Shawn Michaels was hurt, Stone Cold was the guy, right? And yeah. he was ready to go. So when he became champion, it was ready. When Stone Cold was done, The Rock took over. When The Rock was, you know, you've always had guys. When The Rock was done, it was Brock, and when Brock to Cena and everything yeah. else, you know what I mean? So. You had people always ready to go to take the next step and to be the next guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think WWE right now has that guy, right? They tried it with AJ with that long title reign. I think they tried to really hitch their wagon to it. I don't think it got the same reaction yeah. I think that they were hoping for. Does WWE need to do a better job of preparing the next wave, whether that's Seth Rollins, whether that's Roman, because Roman's the guy, right? But he's yeah. out, so you, you don't know how long he's going to be out. And they're totally blindsided by it, but they haven't tried to establish the next guy. Yeah, I think... It's, or woman in the women's division. Yeah, right? I think whether it's such it's, a weird know. scenario when you put it like that, because, like, I think they could. It's just, like, I feel like the writers just mm-hmm. kind of, like, draw a blank space once something goes the way they don't expect right. and i agree it's probably hard to write oh, these shows absolutely. like every i'm not week. i'm every not like week. i'm not just like oh they're so bad at it blah, no. blah, blah. like i'm not saying any of that but like so roman wins the title then he comes out and he has to leave for an extended period of time with his condition that he has right so he has to relinquish the title so they're like okay so we'll just give it back to brock and have brock hold it for a long time again right and when, yeah, it's like but, they, they panicked yeah almost. they like panicked they're like i don't know what to do so we'll just give it back to brock where in reality, I think they do have stars. I mean, you could give it to Rollins. Yep. You could give it to, like, Ambrose. I mean, if you wanted to, you, you could, could give, give it to, to McIntyre. Absolutely. You could, you could give, give it to, to Balor. Yeah. yeah. There's, that's, that's the point. Right? I think that's the point, right? Yeah. Is that they have so much depth, right? At yeah. certain... Especially, maybe not mid-card as much, right? But you have pieces there. You have guys yeah. that are available for you, and you're not utilizing Yeah, them. I think they just panic. Like, it's weird. Like, 
SmackDown when AJ was having that long title run, mm-hmm. but like at WrestleMania, they could just give it to Shin- Shinsuke had momentum. He yep. just won the Rumble. Mm-hmm. You could just be like, here you go, and you two can feud. And if one of them gets hurt or something right. happens, or if Shinsuke can carry it, you can move AJ to Raw if you needed to Absolutely. or something. You like have you, flexibility. You have flexibility with Raw and SmackDown that you know Shinsuke can take it by himself. Then you can move AJ or mm-hmm. vice, vice versa. versa. You can right. you can do all this stuff. They just panic like Roman Reigns is out. And I don't I, know what I, I'm gonna do and anymore. I feel like there there's been some hesitant time to really kind of say and to elevate those guys right like yeah. you know what i mean like guys like dolph ziggler you know who have been kind of in that middle card area for the while like that's a guy who puts on a great show every time he yeah. goes out there the fact that you can't elevate a guy like that to to those main event spots like i i, I think we all can kind of agree mcintyre is going to be a world champion probably in the next year right Sometime, i think we yeah. can kind of agree that seth rollins is getting another ginormous push here who's mm-hmm. kind of going to be probably the guy that wins the rumble more than likely Charlotte, obviously, from the women's division. Becky Lynch is an yeah. epiphany for most fans, oh, right? So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the Royal Rumble. But point being, I, I feel like, ever, especially since Roman, and they tried with AJ, and you know, Roman obviously was the next guy. But due to some you know circumstances that are out of his control, unfortunately, he's not. And I do mm-hmm. think that this universal title reign he would have had would have really, if I think, would have gotten people, if not firmly behind him, but would have really cemented, okay, he's the next guy yeah. for 10 years. You know what I mean? And it's crazy how different, because NXT is. Mm-hmm. Because NXT, they're like developmental, right. air quotes around that. Yeah. Where like, they do their thing and then they get called up or whatever. And then they go to the main roster. Yep. But it's weird how you can watch NXT and just say last year, you had guys main eventing like McIntyre, mm-hmm. Almas, and all these guys. And then... They leave, but then you have Undisputed Era, Ricochet, Pete right. You have You have guys you have people right, that come right in. Yeah, right? you have and guys then, who you just come right in, in there. They're Absolutely. in there, and they win. But, like, in the case of Roman Reigns, he leaves, and you just have no nothing. idea what to do. Yeah, nothing. You were like, right. we did not expect that. And so that's, just that's, something, that's an issue, right? And like they said, they've always had, they've always been in preparation. We I listen to so many of these wrestling podcasts where they're always preparing the next guy, right? You're looking for the next guy. When Hogan goes away, you had Macho Man. When there's not Macho Man, you had this guy. When Flair leaves, you had Brett. When Brett leaves, you had Sean. You know what I mean? So you have these... Pro, yeah. These guys ready to go in the wings. And same question, right? Do you feel like WWE needs to do a better job of really taking some of this talent that they have, especially the upper echelon talent, and making them available and having them ready to go? So if an instance, right, where Brock leaves and goes to the UFC, you have the next guy ready to go. Whether that's Braun, whether that's that's you know that's Seth, whether that's Ambrose, whether it's Bobby Lashley, whoever. There needs to be the next guy who's groomed so that when that guy leaves, fans go, oh, yeah, it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. He's a champion now. It makes total sense. Well, sometimes it confuses me a little bit because I feel like it's always the same, like, the same couple people at WWE, especially since I started watching, has right. been super dependent on, like, Roman, those folks. But other people definitely get, like, pops when they come in. I Absolutely. Don't, it's like, I could get if maybe the people just weren't interested in other wrestlers mm-hmm. and you were dying for, yeah. like, a ratings thing. Yeah. But it's, I don't... Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I don't know. It's odd to me. The ratings are going to be what they are, right? It's just, this is how it is, right? Whether you have Roman Reigns wrestling I think too many people read into those nowadays, right? I think people really try to read into the ratings as like some major, which they are down, right? And we talked about that on our premiere episode, but it's not as big a deal. WWE makes so much money, it doesn't matter, okay? Why did Fox just give them billions of dollars to move to their network? It's because they draw people, okay? It's It's a money thing. But I do think that they need to really 
heavily invest in some of this depth that they do have. Yeah. And maybe they need to bring up more guys. Yeah. And not, I, well, not I, Lars Sullivan. You I know, would bring say up actual guys. I think a big. <laughs> I think a problem with the ratings thing was a big injury bug came around when like oh, yeah. Kevin Owens and Sami, Sami Zayn, Zayn and, and all these Roman, guys, yeah. Roman and all Even these. Even Strowman's been in and out yeah, too. Especially on the Raw side, not really SmackDown hasn't had that bad of an issue. I don't think. I but agree. Raw, especially for three hours, mm-hmm. and you all these guys are going down, and mm-hmm. then you're just kind of like. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't know what I to agree. do. You should see guys around. This, I think, you know, with the Royal Rumble coming up and everything else, it's going to be a huge thing. But that's going to do it for us this week. We're going to be talking some other major topics. Be on the lookout for a quick hitter episode probably this week, talking all about su- the Super Bowl, Patriots, and Rams. So that'll be coming your way probably middle this week. Also remember to know that our YouTube show goes at live every Wednesday, okay? The podcast goes live Monday morning at 7. The YouTube version goes live Wednesday at 7 in the morning. So be on the lookout for that. We appreciate all the support, and we will see you guys, as always, next week.